0: in the trap. This is for the <laughs> Believe in Miracles? Hey, I play chess, but only in 4D. I'm by myself, but they think I'm 4D. When they see me online, they think they know me. Go ahead, like, and subscribe. You got to show me. I apply pressure, and they try to reject it. Clearly ain't see I was a diamond, so they didn't accept it. Told me I was a failure, so I said, F it. Might even start my own school and teach them a lesson. Yeah, I'm going to call it self Harmon. Fly. South and get the south popping. <laughs> One day I'm gonna give you a walk through and introduce you to this walk, too. <laughs> I know you lost, that's just dynasty talk Cause you can't start no franchise without no dynasty talk I took a break from the game, nicked on my dynasty stock Till I came back like Wimby Yama, I feel like Coach Pop I can't say that I'm the GOAT, cause you ain't gonna agree But if I own my own farm, I can make the GOAT Me, the ladies love the beard, and they used to love the GOAT That's when I was a lamb, burning music on CDs I wasn't born in 88, December 87, I was 16 days away My flight why not, I just got paid today When I land this dirt statue I came to fade away Check the timeline for the stories and the play-by-play My life a Patreon link You gotta pay to play I, I work 16 hours, boy that's a 88 X Factor like this Brian, my boy 88 Watch dream like when you living like A heavyweight, this ain't a one Week thing, we grind like everyday They know my destination, Debbie Like I hang with Ray, if they ain't Know my name, I bet they know my name it Day. Treat this mic like an let's make a trade today. Drop this on Fizzle Friday, cause that's my favorite day. And I'm gonna do it my way, cause that's my favorite way. They tried to put me on the shelf like I'm laying layaway. Told me it ain't no way, so I made a way. Huh? Welcome to South huh, man? I'm glad you here today. Welcome to South harm huh? and I'm glad you're here today, here today. I'm glad you here today Welcome to South harm huh? and I'm glad you're here today, here today. I'm glad you here today Hit that Patreon link if you're here to stay, huh? Treat this mic like an ATM, let's make a trade today Welcome back in, everybody, to
1: another edition of the South Harmon Spotlight. And this week, I'm so incredibly excited to bring you a brand new friend of mine and And somebody that I'm really appreciative of met him at the expo, Seth Wolcock from In between media, Seth, what are you doing, man?
2: <laughs> what's good, Mike? Season's right around the corner. I'm just counting down the days till nFL football, but uh vibes are pretty high over here, man. Vibes are pretty high. What about yourself oh we're we're doing great over
1: here. We're doing great over here and, and you hit it. you hit it We're only a few days away from actual football. We can put to bed all the preseason all the conjecture. All the bullshit, you know the the Jalen Warren's taking over the backfield in Pittsburgh. <laughs> we get to put all that shit to rest in a few days, and I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. We finally get to do it, Seth. Uh, before we get started, though, tell the people where they can find you, what you're working on, uh, what's going on right now, in in between media. What are you What are you doing, man?
2: Yeah, I appreciate it, dude. We are getting ready for uh, six days a week content coming right at the good people oh. of the world. Uh, we're over on YouTube at IBT underscore media, com. We like to bring a refreshing and feel-good take to fantasy football because, yes, winning championships is a lot of fun. Yes, winning cash is even more fun than that. However, if we're not having fun while we're doing it, what's the point of it so that's kind of what we like to do over there uh we combine a little bit that feel good lifestyle advice with our fancy sports analysis so nascar still ripping pga swing season starting up and uh now football's back as well so we're gonna be busy over there mike yeah i see you guys you get into the nascar and the pga and it's two
1: things that i have uh Zero knowledge. (laughs) Absolutely not. So if I were to bet on anything NASCAR or PGA, I'm coming straight to you. All right? I'm coming straight to you. I'm just following your picks word for word because... i can't even name them. <laughs> i can't even name him back in the glory days i knew tony stewart that was about it for Nesca. smoke baby smoke stewart you know it you know it man <laughs> that's all i got no uh for those of you who don't know me and seth we met at the expo fantasy expo seth came up to the booth got to talk to me and koopa uh, and then i ended up doing a show with seth and uh i can tell you this if you like what's going on at south Harmon here you're gonna love what's going on over there at In Between Media. I got to do a guest spot on the show and, and Seth, you kicked it off with vibe the vibe over there was like holy shit this is this is me and Adam this is this is South Harmon I don't know if you're on the East Coast or the West Coast but this is South Harmon East this is South Harmon West holy shit I loved it over there especially when you're like yeah go for it say whatever words you want you know not uh my copious amounts of fucks I like to throw out every now and then I thought it was perfect so Seth uh, we hit it off pretty well Go check out what they're doing. In between media, there is no reason that these guys shouldn't be at a thousand followers already. Period. If you support me, you should be supporting them. <laughs> Thank Flat you, out, man. Thank you.
2: I appreciate that, bro. We we like to have a good time over there. I know you guys do here at the at the shitheads as well. So like, just in general, I feel like it's a always great time when we get together like this. Hundred percent. So Seth, let me ask you. Fantasy football wise, how did you
1: get into the space? Like, where did your journey start? Did you do some home leagues? You know, was it, a, you know, for me, it was my my stepdad got me into it when I was real young. Yeah. And uh, it's just been a passion ever since. And it's just grown as I, I get older. And all of a sudden, you kind of make a, a little mini career out of it. But how did you originally get into fantasy football?
2: Originally, it goes back to 2010. I was probably, I was about 11, 12 years old. And the football season was about to kick off. And my older brother is about two years older than me. He's like, listen, man, you need to start playing fantasy football. Him and his buddies already had a league. I think they were in about maybe, maybe the eighth grade. I was in the sixth grade. I got in a random league with with my brother and a bunch of friends uh, and ended up winning it that first year, kind of hooked me into it. Next year, I kind of got, got involved with my friend groups. And uh, ever since man kind of been, been hooked on it really since I was a, a, a small kid like that. So just been a big passion of mine and, Luckily, I I found so many great creators over around the, uh, uh, along the way that really like kind of opened up the space and like like really showed me oh there's like so much more than fantasy football than just the game. Oh, that's incredible, man! <laughs> Back then, when your first league that you're ever in. How how is that even possible? I think my, I took dead last in my first one. Ever we, week one waiver wires uh, additions of the year: Mike Vick and Peyton Hillis. So on the- <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna ask you, was there anybody
1: about that team that stood out to you?
2: That guy is a fucking hero. That guy's a fucking hero. He's fighting off high tides, get, rescuing children from the ocean, and fucking winning eleven year old Seth's fantasy football league for him. So, bro, Peyton That's Hillis, bad. fucking respect to that man, number forty, man. <laughs> Oh man, even made the Madden cover the following year. I know. That <laughs> what a legend. Madden 2012 best fucking Madden I've ever played in my life, hands down. I have so many hours logged on that fucking game. I love you Peyton. Appreciate you. <laughs> He was also one of the first guys that rocked that like that bowl
1: face mask. It had that <laughs> yeah. little like extra U up there. It just looks so nasty. The drip was on point with painted Ellis <laughs> back in two thousand eleven. <laughs> what a legend. That's incredible. Did you uh did you play uh did you play a lot of Madden back in the day? Like is that also some passion for football and like team building and kinda how that carries over into fantasy football?
2: Oh, for sure, man. Like when like that's all I did, you know. To, I when I if I was a kid, if I wasn't outside, I was probably inside playing some type of video game. If it wasn't Mario Kart or something. It was it was Madden. It, it starts out, you know, the the superstar mode, and then you kind of transition to the franchise. And like I just like ripping off trades to people and like Bill. I, I actually like back then you couldn't get the the draft classes preloaded too. So I'm I'm like three years deep using fucking players that aren't real. And yeah, <laughs> man, I, I I love that shit those uh back in those days man i used to always uh send in the uh the memory
1: card there used to be a company you could send the memory card no in, way yeah 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 and then you had the the option too i played so much ncaa football yeah on uh you know xbox or PlayStation, I don't remember which one I was using back and then I've gone back and forth on these systems for years, but uh used to be able to carry them over year to year. But the same thing with those draft classes, and and if I remember right, back in like 2013 or 14, I found this website called Operation Sports. So shout out to anybody who still uses it, still around. Uh but they had this uh basically a big long forum thread. And uh, I got involved in a roster project on the NCAA 14, and I actually figured out how to code it where you could have duplicate numbers, right? You could have uh, two players wear the same number one. Uh, You could put in coaching records, the whole works. You could rearrange the top 25 as it went on through the season. So, uh, yeah, video game football was a huge passion of mine back in the day. And I don't know about you, but for me, NCAA football, just the – i'm on pins and needles just making sure this thing actually happens like in 24 please bring oh. this shit back <laughs> like
2: i need Dude. this i need it injected into my fucking veins every couple years i try to get the new mad and i try to get back into it and it's just not the same and right. i have this hope that 2024 ncaa it'll get me and my friends that we all play fantasy football together we all used to play xbox and playstation together back in the day and like It's my one hope. Maybe that will be the thing that kind of brings us back into that realm and and start ripping it up. And, hey, we got player names now. Like, that's sweet. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This
1: is what we should probably do, man. We should get
2: an IBT Media South Harvard
1: dynasty when they bring it back, right? Online dynasty. Ooh. We'll put a little competition. Like, we'll bring everybody back into the fold. <laughs> Somebody's getting their ass waxed. I know, <laughs> I know, I know that. So we'll probably give them, like, Alabama or something just to feel good. Like, whoever the worst person is, like, you get Alabama. So you get all those nice recruits. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm going to bust your ass with Texas State or something. I don't know what it is. But I love it. Yeah, uh, video game football is a huge thing. But fantasy football, when you're so young, isn't it kind of a – isn't it a little bit intimidating, right? Like, at least for me – when I started, like, I'm playing in my uh, my stepdad's work league. Okay. Right? So these are all okay. grown-ass yeah, men, yeah. <laughs> you know, with families and kids, and I'm just a 12-year-old just going, hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just here to, for me, my first player that I remember drafting was uh, Matt Jones. Um, might be a little bit before your time, but a 6'6". I don't even think I know who
2: that is. I 6'6",
1: 230-pound, white, wide receiver, Drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars in the first round. Never played receiver until the NFL. He was a quarterback at Arkansas. But he ran a 4-3. No hogs,
2: baby. <laughs> yeah, no hogs. Was, All he
1: right. Was the, he was the great white hope as being Calvin Johnson, <laughs> like before Calvin Johnson. <laughs> and uh, he actually did fairly well. Like if you look up his stats, his first yeah. couple of years, very good. And then uh, he discovered cocaine. <laughs> cocaine, <laughs> Seth. And he got busted with
2: cocaine and then never played again. <laughs> so... Gotta watch those fucking ski trips, man. Sometimes you get avalanched in, you don't come back. Oh, he loved it. He loved it. So... <laughs> Was it intimidating in your first league, like getting into that? It was with a bunch of random people that I didn't know who they were. So I felt okay about it. Um, and then honestly, like the next couple years, it was just with friends about my age, maybe a little bit older. Um, it wasn't really until I got to college and we kind of combined my brother's league and my league. And it's really the league today that we have today that's super competitive. We just had our, our live home draft over the weekend. It is a blast. But like I think think I felt the intimidation there that first year. Like I really wanted to prove myself to like the older kids, if you would, you know. So
1: Let me ask you, this is kind of a a two-part question, but take me on your content journey. How did you decide to jump into doing content, you know, putting yourself out there, whether it's audio, whether it's YouTube, visual, doesn't really matter. I mean, putting yourself out there for the, you know, anybody, anybody, you know, a uh, a prospective uh, employer could find you (laughs) doing content. How How do you make that dive into it? And uh you know, like, how long have you been doing it? Like, how long has it been since you decided to, to kind
2: of make that jump and, and jump in the deep end? Yeah, so I was, man, I was young. I was, it was going back now five, six years ago is when I started. I went to college for journalism and communication, so really kind of got a knack for things. Um I was the editor-in-chief of the newspaper my junior year of college, so this is 2018 at the time, and... I was kind of handed the keys of this 94 year old written publication. They said, Hey, you're going to take this print publication that people expect, you know, outside in their mailboxes every day, and you're going to make it an all digital media company. So I kind of got the keys handed to me and that was the time I'm like, all right, well maybe this is our time to let's spend a bunch of money now on, on podcasting equipment and and trying to learn these ropes. So that was kind of it Uh, started in college. There It was with a lot of those guys from my home league. We started a podcast and, as I kind of got deeper into it. Um, I was also writing a column that was combining kind of some of my life experiences with uh with fantasy sports analysis. And uh, I've always had a bit of a story, I felt like, uh, went, went through some pretty uh tough times, adversity early in life, and really kind of wanted to parlay that and help inspire other people, help you know, help them whatever they may, may be struggling with. And when I kind of found that passion, found the fantasy football thing, I i, I knew like. IBT in between media and joining the in-between could be something. Um, but so kind of started it there and then eventually found the space about a year later, kind of back, backward pedaled my way into the industry uh, with a writing gig and had no idea that t- fantasy Twitter was a thing. Had no idea that there are thousands and thousands of like-minded individuals like me online. And once I kind of met met them and uh, met a lot of good people in the space, I was like, had the confidence in 2020. I was fresh out of college had just got my first full-time job furloughed like a month or two into it because of the pandemic and i had time on my hands so i was like all right man like in between media let's do it so that was kind of the, the story leading up to it um it's it's been a wild one it's been a, a really fun fun one and uh rewarding too i I was so
1: impressed too uh this is me too and people who know me who follow the show like that we've only been doing this for a couple of years so adam and i are very uh uh, neophytes at, at doing this as well, and just about everything. You know, we get advice from other people. Mm. You know, but most of it is you know Adam myself just kind of tinkering and trying to figure out what yeah. works and uh, how to make everything better. But the thing I was most impressed with, I've, I've done a, I would say at least this year, my my first year doing content like full time. You're scared shitless, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> like oh, yeah. I don't, you don't talk to anybody, and you're like, fuck, nobody wants me on their show. a guess. Yeah, <laughs> so, th- this past year doing a lot more guest spots just all over the place and it's so it's such a broad spectrum of what you do and and one of the things I would say is when I came on your show like I I have no idea what to expect you know sometimes mm-hmm. it's very it's very just you know plain jane we just hit the button there's no intro there's there's no For real sure. production quality and you For know sure. I don't say anything about it everybody's got their own niche and what they're comfortable with i was blown away by your fucking production quality over there and i'm going holy
0: shit like, <laughs>
1: these guys are killing it holy santa Claus shit like i feel like i'm out of my league here <laughs> like we're we're stepping up the game holy i better sit up in my chair and pay attention cuz these guys are nuts you got this little uh solo intro you do and then you run this intro video and i'm going holy this might be the greatest thing I think i've ever <laughs> seen here you got a all this footage that you do with it it's everybody
2: in there you've got an audio guy shout out to your audio guy kyle baby kyle (laughs) fucking scott all the way back from the pen man he's been with me for you know six or seven years riding shotgun with me so uh yeah I, i appreciate that though man that's very kind of you to say i i think it's a lot of what you're talking about it's tinkering over the years i've been doing this for five or six years now we don't have the biggest audience by no means but we are slowly getting to the point where I feel like our production quality is something I'm very proud of, and so, so I do appreciate you you, you saying that and pointing it out. We have a great music guy, Nate Miller, uh, also one of my boys from college at ISM uh, on all the audio platforms. You guys can listen to his music and check it out. But uh, yeah, like like I have found the right pieces along the way, and I think that's a lot of it. it's a it's a it's a fucked up puzzle that we're trying to put together and slowly you can find those right pieces you know you might put one in there occasionally and it's a fucking corner piece and you're trying to put it right in the fucking center um but you know shift it around and 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 occasionally you can uh, come up with something pretty cool yeah i can't i can't stress enough to the audience whoever listens to this go check them out
1: go check out ibt Appreciate. you got you guys blow me away there's there's absolutely no reason that you guys shouldn't be well over a thousand YouTube subscribers. Like you guys should be blowing up because the production quality is amazing. And and more point, you guys are real dudes. The vibe is on point and you guys know ball, you know what the fuck you're talking about. Like I'm not sitting there feeling like I need to carry the conversation. Yeah. I'm more like, can I just find a spot to like interject? And you did such a great job as hosting is just teeing the shit up. And I'm like, this is fucking easy. And I found myself, which is weird because it, anybody who knows me knows that I can just talk about flavors of water for three hours yeah, yeah. if I want to. <laughs> but but you kind of get that when you talk too fast, like you run out of breath. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Because you have those nerves, and I'm going, holy fuck, I'm like nervous on this show. Even though I'm pounding vodka like crazy. So you guys are absolutely incredible. I love what you're doing over there. Amazing, amazing, amazing stuff. and And the spotlight... That's what the South Harmon spotlights for. Whatever the fuck I can do, I want to shed it on you guys. So it has been incredible to uh, to get to know you. Now, this brings me back to how we met. Fantasy yeah. Football Expo, first one, second one, third one. How many third of these one. have you been to? Yeah, third, third one. one. Yes, oh sir. shit, you're you're an OG. I think I, if you've been to three, you're an OG, man. I think that's I,
2: established. I I would yeah. I I guess man. Like we we like to work hard, but we also like to party harder. And uh, the expo gives us a great blend of both those things. I would say. Ah, I gotta ask you too, because this was our second
1: one. Uh we went we went last year and uh last year was very um let me just say like a feeling out process, right? You're nervous as shit, do you you're like, ain't nobody fucking know who the fuck we are. For sure. For <laughs> nobody sure, knows who the hell we are here. How has it been as you progress? Like, do you guys kind of get that same feeling? Like you start to know some uh, some people more personably on a personal level and, and everything's a little bit more, uh, hey, how you doing, buddy, instead of holy shit, it's this guy.
2: Yes. Yeah. I really found, you know, my first couple of years, I really tried to put myself out there interject myself into some circles to have some conversations, you know, get my name out there a little bit, get IBT's name out there. Um, now I feel like I, I can play much more laid back approach, kind of chill approach let them come to me, let, you know, let, let the day transpire. Um, but it, it's definitely been interesting at the same time, man. Cause when I, when IBT started, uh, it, it was middle of the pandemic, a lot of content creators, a lot of companies came along the way. And unfortunately a lot of people were like, Hey, I got to go back to my, my real life. I don't have time to do my own podcast. A lot of other people got with some other great networks as well, which was really cool to see. Um, but A lot of the people I met in 2020 that were kind of independent, younger creators uh, aren't really around anymore, which is kind of a bummer. But, you know, there are those ones that have kind of been there since day one that that it's great to see how, how far people have come. And like, it's really just anything, man. It's like a testament. Like if you work hard in this industry, if you put yourself out there and you be a genuine fucking human being, like don't be this fake person when the cameras come on or or on Twitter, like just be who you are. And I think like the rest will come pretty easily to you.
1: I think what you said there is so key. Um, Adam and I doing this for, you know, only a couple of years, I would say this. We, we have met so many people and one of the things i can definitely say is it sticks out to the people who this is a passion for right if the if the money wasn't there if there was no financial gain for them hopping on and and talking football or you know in your case talking nascar or pga or whatever their passion is if that passion isn't there like you can kind of spot the people who are in it for the right reasons and the people who aren't and i'm i'm fully aware that the the people who are in it for the right reasons are the ones that last the ones who actually build brands that that supersede it because for adam and i this is what i can speak on is listen if nobody tuned into us we'd probably still be doing a show weekly right for all four people (laughs) all four people on the patreon the original shit when we started it would be the same thing just because we love talking about it to each other and i can tell when i when i came over and guest spot you guys are the exact same way (laughs) like you guys you guys would be doing this if there was no audience whatsoever so as long as uh as long as your your goals right like what the reason why why you do it is genuine and comes from a good place you're gonna make it you're gonna make it and seth i fully believe in you guys for making it like this is one of the weird things too like if you think about it we're in competition for audience we're in competition for clicks and views but nothing would make me happier to watch you guys blow up. Like nothing would make me happier. That's I've... the crazy part about this community. Yeah, especially in the content game, is is we sharing each other's success. And I think the fantasy expo is kind of that. That the culmination of the whole thing right like don't you kind of get that vibe when you go to these expos where it's like everybody's here for the same fucking reason we're not here to like compete against each other we're all like shit we love fantasy football let's talk about it whatever it is dfs betting dynasty yes you know the yes. campus to canton guys the Devi guys like everybody's here for the same shit so it's uh it's kind of incredible the relationships that you can form just through a uh you know a simple weekend meetup <laughs> where we happen to get drunk and in pile into a bar that can't hold all of us
2: <laughs> shout out george's man love love me some george's after hours um you're, you're right with it man and, and i think it speaks also to the power of fantasy football and i i think it's like why i'm so passionate about it is because it's not just a game like there are so many little life lessons you can learn along the way um like i have been in a lot of leagues and a lot of the time I don't win those leagues. I get to the end. I get to, I am fighting very hard to win the championship. Um, but in the end, it comes down to a lot of luck. But I think, you know, you, you tight start putting together these pieces and learning things along the way. And it, it kind of helps you not only be better, fancy football manager, but just a better person, man. And, and that's kind of, I like to draw some of those c- comparisons to life and fantasy football, in my column. And like, I, I think that's the cool thing about it. And man, like it, if you could have told me five, six, seven years ago when I kind of started doing this, like the places fantasy football would take you, I would have said get out of fucking town, man, and 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 the people I would meet. I think that's the number one thing. Meeting people like the like the guys over here at South Harmon Institute, uh, the Front Yard Fantasy Clan. There are so many JWB Fantasy Football, so many small independent creators, and all the all the bigger ones too. Man, like like all the people I've looked up to in this industry. A lot of them I can say now are my friends or even my mentors. Which I, I, we're just blessed to be in such a great space, Mike.
1: It is it is a it is a blessing. It is a blessing and one one that I really appreciate. So Seth, let, let's pivot here. Yeah. I'm going to tell you fantasy football. I'm going to ask you a question. You only get one format to play in for the rest of your life. Like this is a hypothetical because it never happen. Hopefully, Jeez, don't I don't want to wish it. Teacher, <laughs> but, but you only get one format that you get to play in: redraft, underdog, best ball, dynasty, campus to Canton, or Devi. Like
2: where are you going? where are you going and why oh uh, it, it's got to be redraft man i think redraft i love fucking waking up at four o'clock in the morning getting the way you know the, the free agents after the waivers run like i like that grind it is 18 weeks sometimes more of madness and but i love it man and like it takes me back to my original keg league like i have a lot of leagues but if you said hey you can win this league your home league or the scott fishbowl i would take my league every single day man Let's i want to i want to beat these fuckers so bad for everything <laughs> they put me through man like friendships have been lost like gaming consoles have been like taken like like shit has gone down in this league but like we we love it and we love each other and so i, I think that community with with redraft and like so many other people i think enjoy that as well that yeah give me all the redraft i love dynasty really gotten into best ball last couple of years and I'm fixing to more, get into some Debbie campus Canton stuff as my love for college football grows. But yeah, yeah. You can't beat redraft for me.
1: <laughs> that, that, that redraft in the home league that you're talking about, man, it's a, it's a sore spot for me because I've started doing content, you know, full, not, not full time. Right. Mm. I haven't quit my real job. Right. right? We ain't that good, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, I, I've put in a full-time workload into doing content and growing it. And, uh, as i do like my passion is dynasty but i still have that home redraft league that one that i've been in for 25 years at this point where i go fuck i want to win every year and you know what the problem is i lose that son of a bitch last two years like i don't fucking compete and
2: people people give you
1: so much shit they're like you do this you you, you do this for a living you can't even win this 10 team redraft league i'm like fuck it's hard it's fucking hard
2: I'm, I'm going to put my I'm put my home draft this weekend and vice principal of our school lives down the street. He was one of our teachers growing up and he comes over and he's like, he looks, he looks at the draft board. We're about round five or six in. He says, you know, I was going to, I was going to DM you yesterday for advice for our draft. I'm fucking glad I didn't. I said, <laughs> buddy, buddy. No, <laughs> I said, no, my, my team might look a little weird. You know, I might have w- one wide receiver through six rounds as Deandre Hopkins, but you know, we're fucking out here and uh yeah so i 100 percent agree and like the thing about it too is if you do content you know like there's a chance those home league guys are listening and and i just put it out like you guys are gonna know who i'm targeting going into it i think that's some of the fun of it as well though
1: man yeah, i used to think that too like last <laughs> year this is what i thought seth I, I literally thought that you know i do content But I got a Patreon where the patrons follow me, and we do patron leagues all the time. Like, we just hammer the shit out of them. And listen, I mean, shout out to the patrons. You guys are awesome, and you make me this kind of, like, proud papa when I see you using my strategy against me. Yeah. But the fact remains, I still wax the floor with most of you sons of bitches all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I still kick your ass. These even if these these redraft these home league are listening to me, I still can't beat them because they get yeah. so damn lucky and some random waiver wire pickup. You know, some dude will pick up Trenton Irwin winning in a ten team league. There's no fucking reason you should pick up Trenton Irwin and he starts him, and he gets thirty points. And I'm going, what the fuck? Like, how do how do I how do I compete against this? I have no idea what the hell's going on. So redraft home leagues most frustrating thing i played bar none so so for me my answer would be dynasty okay, just stick, okay i just stick to dynasty and you're not go, a ah. for punishment like me huh well the the thing i love about dynasty Seth, is if i if i suck this year good like, yes right right yeah win or lose like i can have a direction in a dynasty squad where it's going to be beneficial to me at some point it just may be delayed gratification redraft i get one shot at it you know if i'm 0-6 <laughs> heading into week 7 it's fucking over like i'm done <laughs> there's nothing i can do to salvage this <laughs> dog shit team that i drafted <laughs> and so that's why i love dynasty because it, it gives me that kind of like madden feel where it's like well this ain't our year <laughs> we'll just uh we'll punt this shit and try again next year redraft it's like nope i'm gonna get the last place punishment whatever that is and <laughs> some of these some of these have been uh some pretty extravagant ones do you have any last place punishments or is it just ridicule that you get in your uh your home league
2: yes yeah, so our home league is called uh kane's extraordinary gentleman keg and so the loser has to we used to always do buy a keg that was kind of the role in college and then as we got older we realized holy shit like we can't drink there's 12 of us we can't drink a keg in in one evening so now it's kind of just you get the food you get you get the drinks make sure it's all kind of set up you're kind of the bitch for the day if you would so that that's kind of the role you got to play but at the end of it you know, I, I I think there has to be, for any good redraft league, it has to be competitive. When, when we were first throwing around ideas for this league six or seven years ago, it was like streaking through campus, you know, just doing all this crazy shit that probably would have right. got us arrested. So I'm, I'm glad it's toned down a little bit since then, but uh, I, I'd love to hear what, what you guys have over here at South Park or any of your other leagues, Mike. So when it first started, we used to we used to draft in a bar, even though I was uh, underage
1: when I first got in. The the league had been around forever at, that, at the point that I yeah. got into it. But when we first did it, I mean, we call it the Beer Bitch Fantasy League. So uh, whoever was last place, they were the beer bitch, meaning that they had to buy the first couple of rounds for everybody in the league when we drafted at the bar. We don't have a last place punishment anymore. I think it's just the ridicule that we get. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Look at you, you yeah, sack of shit, you're, you're last place. But some of these punishments have gotten quite extravagant. I don't know if you've seen some of these things on. Uh, I guess we're gonna we're calling it X now. I got to make the transition X. Uh, you know, like uh, some of these stories coming out where a guy's got to do like twenty four hours in an IHOP or a, a Waffle House, and for every waffle he eats, he knocks one hour off yes, of it. Yes, yes. You know, you got leagues where you got to get a, a tattoo <laughs> like the winner chooses what the tattoo is going to be oh. your only your only choice is where it goes <laughs> like some of these uh extravagant punishments but we don't have anything too crazy i'm i'm kind of glad because uh listen i haven't been last place very often but uh <laughs> doing yeah, all this yeah, content yeah. and my luck streak in this redraft league uh, home league uh, i'm kind of glad i don't want any unicorn tattoos on my body at some point
2: fair enough Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. The tattoo one, I don't have any tattoos, and the first one I, I get is not going to be something dumb as hell. It's going to be sweet. I promise you that. <laughs>
1: I love it. I love it. So you, you did mention that you, you wanted to get into more
2: uh, C2C or Debbie Leagues. Do you do any currently at all? No, I do not. No, I I tried to get my friends and I. We just started a new Dynasty League this year uh, with a lot of the guys from the home league. We, we had a Dynasty League. Uh, that that we had been doing but a lot of people were kind of new when we started that so it didn't go well for a lot of them. Um, but I tried to transition them I said hey like maybe we should get into Debbie maybe we should get in for campus canton And obviously, I, I lost that battle but uh, I am very, very enticed and interested in getting into it.
1: So I just I started doing a podcast for uh, campuscanton. and oh, shout nice. out to all those guys over there. Yeah, they're all awesome. absolutely incredible. Austin Felix, Matt Bruning, like I love every single one of those guys over there. Very cool people. Uh, I do two C two C leagues. They're both scary um, because I do love college football, but when you start doing college fantasy, different different beasts, right? Like in the NFL. We know which teams are good and who's going to put up fantasy points. Like we like to think so, anyways. We feel comfortable with it. Yeah. I don't know, uh, you know, some uh, Toledo quarterback. (laughs) I don't, I don't know what he means for fantasy. So I got some numbers I could go off to, but college fantasy is just such a new world for me. And the fact that I can literally start with guys from their freshman year and be invested in them, and then carry them all the way through my dynasty squads at the end. For as long as I want, it's something that's so appealing to me. And I'm not going to say I'm a savant, but one of the guys I was big on was uh Keon Coleman of Florida State. And as you saw last night with his 122 yards and three Ooh. touchdowns, what's up? <laughs> I finally got Boy one ready. Right. <laughs> right? We're making knew. moves. We're making moves. Yes, yeah, Seth, uh, if you can get into at least one C2C league. Here's the thing I will say, and I'll recommend. Make it a best ball league. <laughs> okay. You don't okay. want to deal with these fucking college injury reports, man. So many of these guys are like, hey, they're not playing this week, and then all of a sudden they're in, and you're like, shit, I didn't put them in my lineup, or you think this guy's definitely playing, and all of a sudden he's uh he's sitting out the game. So just make it a best ball league. It's easy for everybody.
2: Yeah, those you got those Thursday and Friday nighter games, and then right. you got, you know, you're waking up a little hungover on Saturday as well. Friday is normally my, my, my night to kick it back after work's yeah. done. So you know what I mean? I – I think I would struggle with with the injury reports for sure.
1: And these college coaches, you know, they're not the most uh, upstanding for forthright. No fucking liars,
2: <laughs> fucking liars. Like, I, I get you're trying to get a competitive advantage, and it's within the rules. But come on, man. Like, think about the betters. Think about the fantasy football. I mean, what's up? Yeah, I mean, we're the degens. You're playing college fantasy football. That's when you know you're a real fucking degenerate. I think that's probably
1: one of the best things about uh, the NFL. I know uh, betting has become so prevalent in the last couple of years with the NFL and the NFL knows it. So they've partnered with all these sports books. They got these deals and it's like, yeah, that injury report's going to be fucking accurate. (laughs) Your ass (laughs) is getting fined if it isn't. (laughs) These fantasy guys, these betters, they need to know everything. And you're going to give it to them.
2: (laughs) appreciate roger looking out for us like that man thanks old, roger old, old Rog, you know he might hate hate the books and hate fantasy when it comes to players playing it and, and you know doing some illegal shit but he loves us man he, he knows we're uh we're a very good demographic for him
1: well shout out to his bank account too i bet that, <laughs> that, that loves us as well i bet that i bet that does something all right seth let's get into some nfl stuff here we, we've talked some background here the season is only a few days away are there any big storylines heading in that you're like very tapped into, you're very worried about on your fantasy teams or anything that you're very excited about, ready to see come to fruition? Because we're only a handful of days of, uh, you know, shit going on paper,
2: right? yeah. the actual numbers yeah. being the numbers and not just us sitting here talking about it. Well, I think one of the biggest storylines of the late summer has been Jonathan Taylor. And th- this weekend, I-, I have a lot of redrafts going on right now. Uh, I prefer to wait in a lot of my leagues. I know my league mates do as well. And man, Jonathan Taylor is a headache right now. And I'm taking my shot everywhere. I'm taking it I- seventh, eighth round, a lot of places, and in a lot of 12 team oh, leagues. Shit. I don't know how you can pass that up. Like I'm getting as my RB4, RB5 at times. So what's going to happen there? It, it, does he come back does he get traded does is it a Le'Veon bell situation we don't see him at all this season like to me it's worth the gamble and, and i hope other people also got invested i hope some of the shitheads some of the ibt family got invested in jonathan taylor at that much of a discount um but you have to protect yourself is evan hall going to be a guy he was a great pass catcher at northwestern one of their lone bright spots up there at northwestern as well um but you got, got guys like deon jackson who I think he's just a guy. I think Zach Moss is just a guy. Um, But I I think, man, that's one of the most intriguing things, because I think that is one of the only open books still like every everything else other than like Chris Jones, which is a defensive thing. So it doesn't really bother me as much. Um, But I, I think that's the big missing missing piece here.
1: Yeah, that JT news is huge, and, and for us, if uh, if you don't know, Seth, we've been big promote, proponents in Dynasty. Jonathan Taylor's kind of one of those only guys, if if we think about it in a Dynasty lens, um, there's so few running backs where I'm realistically projecting, like, this dude's still going to be relevant in 24. And, I, I mean, Seth, I'm only talking, like, maybe seven or eight guys. After that, shit could happen to anybody. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yep. We, yep. As much as I'll sit here and defend Najee Harris against all the Jalen Warren truthers. Thank you. Thank you. About Listen, time. Yeah. In, in 2024, like, Najee Harris could be just a nobody.
0: Right? Yeah. That's
1: kind of yeah. the way the running back marketplace has gone, and that's the way NFL teams treat running backs. So as much as I like some of these other guys, there's only a handful of dudes, and JT falls into that category where I go, in 2024, JT's still going to be relevant and relevant in a big way. Uh, so from a dynasty aspect, I'm like, yeah buy them if people are selling them at a discount buy them buy okay him. buy him. I, and in redraft for this mm-hmm. year at the prices you're talking about like i'm comfortable probably in the fourth round wow. fifth round in a redraft wow like taking my shot on the upside okay. because if i'm right like who who's going to touch this team if i'm right and if i'm wrong shit i'll miss on a third or fourth round fifth round pick all the time mm-hmm. i do it every single year <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Every single yeah. year like so what ho-hum i got a zero (laughs) like i've drafted fourth and fifth round guys that you know tear their achilles week one and i go fuck
2: (laughs) (laughs) there's always next year you know
1: yeah always next year like who who gives a shit i I took a swing and i missed all right let me hopefully i did a good job in the rest of my (laughs) rounds to kind of make up for it but jt does have that uh that ridiculous upside and like you said we don't know if he's if he's going to come back and play, we don't know if, you know, shit, by week three, some other team has suffered a running back injury who's a contender and goes, fuck yeah, we'll get Colts. What do you want? Late first right. round pick? Fine. Right. We know it's an overpay, but Jonathan Taylor's taking us to the fucking Super Bowl. Like, we're going to do this. So we have no idea. But JT, I'm with you, man. That, that's one I'm willing to bet on, especially at the cost you're talking about. You tell me seventh
2: or eighth round, I'm smashing the button every single time. I got looks. I got looks too. Uh, this is right when this is right when the the old VP walks in and says, "Oh, glad I didn't ask you for advice." So yeah, I, <laughs> he I, still I was. Hates I, it. I, I know. Yeah, I was getting buried this weekend. But how buried? Uh, yeah, I'll take the shot, man. You know me. I'm. I go big or go home here.
1: All right, I got to ask you then. So there's been some uh, some Jameer Gibbs news, right? <laughs> What do you what do you make of this shit, right? Where they say like we're gonna use them in in ways that people don't. I'm a Seth. I'm a huge Jameer Gibbs fan, right? I think if Bijan Robinson wasn't in this class, there is no doubt Jameer Gibbs is RB one, and Jameer Gibbs is probably RB one in a lot of other classes. It's just you know, the God, <laughs> the mustard God himself, B. Sean <laughs> Robinson, happened to show up and be in this class. Where are you at with Jameer Gibbs? Are you worried about his usage? Are you worried about David Montgomery? Are you worried that he's going to be more of a slot guy? Or are you balls deep on Jameer Gibbs?
2: Man, I have been very, very just like, I guess, in line with consensus, most off offseason. But as we've kind of rolled around here at a draft earlier today. Jamir Gibbs he was my RB too I actually got him and Bijan was pretty happy about that felt a little weird to get both rookies but uh I, I'm rising on him man and, and I think why I'm rising on him is w- when you look at projections when you look at point totals like the Detroit Lions this week week one they are th- right now that the point total for that game against the Chiefs is three points higher than any other game on the slate and I do not think that's the only time Detroit will be in that optimum game for fantasy so I think that's a big part of it man and like dude, this team fucking rocks. Like when you really, really think about it, like Jared Goff, if he's always had protection, has always been an above average quarterback. Amon Ross St. Brown can move some chains, Um, but they are going to need some additional help. Really. When you look at it, like, like, yes, they have Jamison Williams who's going to be coming back eventually week seven. Um, They got Sam Laporta. They got some intriguing names, but they're going to need Gibbs. And and while I think Monty can probably have seven to ten touchdowns, um, I think the sky is really the ceiling for Gibbs. He could very well be, I think, a low end RB one is in his outcomes this year.
1: That's incredible. Oh,
2: people are gonna love hearing that, especially just because I've been so
1: high on Jameer (laughs) Gibbs. Seth, my main point with Jameer Gibbs has been uh, DeAndre Swift, in my opinion, was an awesome talent, and he produced. Yeah. He produced at a very efficient level but the problem was he was always banged up or hurt or he was kind of in this this doghouse with dan campbell because he he couldn't practice during the week and then dan campbell didn't want to give him a whole lot of workload in the game right dan campbell's kind of this old school coach which i love him i love him i think he's one of the greatest sound bites (laughs) like one Mm -hmm. of the best motivators in the entire sport but if you're not practicing during the week dan campbell doesn't have a whole lot of reason to play you on sunday so deandre swift was great but I want to say I saw a stat where DeAndre Swift, if you just factor out all those games where he got low touches or he was uh he was injured, was like an 18 point per game guy. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I think Jameer Gibbs is DeAndre Swift reincarnated without the injury <laughs> concerns right now. Now yeah. I'm not saying yep. they couldn't be in the future, but as of right now, and if you're telling me I can get an 18 point per game running back, uh, where <laughs> where Jameer Gibbs
2: is going? <laughs> Oh, baby. <laughs> well, and you, you you look at the trends and you look at recent first round running backs and what they do as a rookie. They generally hit. You don't, you don't get a whole right. lot of swinging and misses, man. Like, let's go back through the years. We had Najee a couple years ago. We had CH. That was kind of a different story. He was very low on people's dynasty rankings and just it coming into the draft. That was a miss of a pick by the Chiefs. But Zeke, Saquon, a, a lot of these guys who should hit usually hit. Um, and I think Gibbs is no different was it a surprise for him to go 11 12 overall whatever the number was 100 was not expecting that but they invested in a reason and there are a lot of people who came out and said if the Lions didn't take him there he was probably going in the next three to four picks so uh, I think right there like when you're buying into the numbers you're buying into what trends in recent history tells us you have to be somewhat excited for Jameer Gibbs in a sea of overpriced and overworked and old heads out there right now. I love it. All right. From a redraft standpoint, Anthony Richardson. We'll talk
1: about another rookie here. A Rich. (laughs) This is going to be a tough one. This is a tough evaluation because even – Even in redraft, man, this guy's going as a top 12 quarterback just about everywhere, right? Underdogs got him as a top 12 quarterback. I'm sitting here doing redraft leagues, my home league, and going, holy shit, people taking A-Rich inside. Where are you at with him? I mean, we know he's a rookie. We know he's raw, but we also know he's probably got the best athletic traits at a quarterback I think we've probably ever seen he's a tough evaluation on what you want to do with him. Is this an upside play? Is this a buyer beware? Where are you at with him?
2: This is a league winner play. This is a league winner play. That is the upside. Anthony Richardson has full transparency. We did our all in episode last week. He is one of my all ins this year. And, There are some concerning things about the Colts. Like the vibes don't seem great over there in Indianapolis right now. Chris Ballard was kind of a loose cannon last week for the first time in a long time. Um, Shane Steichen, rookie head coach, no Jonathan Taylor in the backfield as of now, but I think he was made for this offense. We saw what Shane Steichen did with Jalen Hurts. I I think Jalen Hurts a much more polished passer coming into the NFL. However, This is a team that still really fits his skill needs, man. Like Alec Pierce, Michael Pittman, what can they do? Catch a fucking deep ball, man. Anthony Richardson can throw a deep ball. If there's one part of his arm that is the best, he is good deep down the field. So I think that's intriguing. And when you look at just rookie quarterback or rushing quarterbacks in the last three years, there's been 12 of them that have had over 125 rushing yards um, per season. 11 of those guys have been quarterback ones we just saw Daniel Jones do it. I, all he needs is like eight, nine rushing attempts per game. Richardson, he's going to be that QB one. I'm taking him about the 10th round everywhere. That, that That's kind of where I'm getting him in these 12 man redraft leagues. And I think you could even like, it depends who you're playing with. You kind of have to know your league. I felt like I had to take him at 10 because there were a couple other sharks who I knew were also on him, but I'm in, I am bought in on Anthony Richardson. I think the upside is there and, if I have to pay quarterback 11, 12, 13 price, I'm fine with it.
1: So l- let me ask you, then.
2: <clears throat> I, I know uh,
1: Best Ball Mania 4 is closing or closed at this time. I haven't checked to see how full it was. You're in one of these best ball drafts, and you want to take the upside swing on Anthony Richardson. Are you one of those guys who likes to kind of play it safe, and maybe you get like a Russell Wilson type, or do you just go, fuck, it? A-Rich is my number one, I'm swinging for the moon, and I'm just going to backfill with any other qe2 that i can find dog shit late right like some dude like mac jones yeah <laughs> let yeah. me throw my boy mac jones into the mix yeah
2: yeah and best ball I, I, i'm more willing to th- put a kenny pickett there uh a brock purdy there a desmond ritter there in traditional redraft i, I don't mind shooting like dak prescott's falling a lot in drafts I, i've seen him go behind anthony richardson a lot i wouldn't mind coming back and going two quarterbacks in a row at 10 and 11 or wait another couple rounds, three, four rounds, go the uh, Aaron Rodgers, Geno Smith. I, I like that veteran tier. Once I get into, like, miss me on Russell Wilson, I, I don't think that's going to be a magic wand and everything fixes over there. Um, but but there are, like, s- s- some very intriguing quarterbacks. And when you think about it last year, Mike, like, nobody fucking wanted Jared Goff. He was going quarterback 20-something. Right. No one right. wanted Daniel Jones. He was going quarterback 20-something. And, like, they were great values, man. So I think you have to find those shots you want to take cj stroud's a great one too like i think there are some very high upside quarterbacks it's just last year that that tier break after the you know the quarterback ones man it was massive yeah huge huge all right since
1: we're on the a rich thing i know you play you play some dynasty right yes sir super flex dynasty leagues a rich is damn near a first round pick if not an early second round pick at worst which also puts them kind of at that price point where people don't really want to move them unless they're getting, you know, damn near three first, right? Two first yeah. plus in a super flex league at minimum. At those prices with Anthony Richardson, with everything we know about him, are you comfortable in dynasty? Like basically mortgaging your future to take an upside swing on a rich? Or do you kind of play the uh, the longer game and go, maybe I put those assets into something else?
2: I a couple months ago, again, I was mid rookie draft season, so I'm late May, early June, and I was it. I was in a startup Superflex, and I think I went Anthony Richardson about the ninth pick of that. And that first year of quarterbacks went. I was staring down B. John Robinson, and I was staring down. Uh, and I had be like in a rookie draft, I would take Bijan over a Rich, but at, at this point in the league, I felt like I had to get a quarterback, and he wasn't going to make it back, so I did go uh with anthony richardson there and like this is a nut sack on the table type of move yes. yes put your fucking nut sack on the table if you're gonna do it if not like you have to be comfortable with with losing like i know in that league like i'm probably not like there's a chance i'm not competitive this year there's a chance of that but i mean this is the most athletic quarterback prospect to ever test at the combine man like I, I, I am someone who believes in testing metrics. I, I, it is something that has always usually led me. Like, you can't – there are guys who are just athletic freaks who aren't good at football. But I I really believe in Anthony Richardson. I think he's in a great system with a, a pretty solid supporting cast as well. I
1: think it's me. I'm just a kind of like a lover scorned at this point. Yeah. Uh, I was so balls deep, and I've still been so balls deep on Trey Lance. Oh, and and, and we've seen this like this unproven athletic quarterback who doesn't get a shot and I've seen the fallout and listen (laughs) to much to my dismay. And this is why people give me shit all the time. Like I will still buy into Trey Lance at his current cost, which is at at what a third round pick at this point because he's a backup behind Dak Prescott. I don't really give a shit. Like I still believe he's going to get an opportunity at some point. But this has also kind of been an eye opener for me for Anthony Richardson. Yeah, d- they're very similar situations. And if you remember, just a couple years ago in Dynasty, Trey Lance is a first round, almost a first round, if not an early second round pick at worst, startup pick, and people are taking him as QB ten, QB eleven off the board, and we're going, there's no way he's gonna fail. And then we see the fallout, and you go from that all the way down. I think that is the only thing that holds me back from Anthony Richardson because I'm with you the most athletic prospect I think I've ever seen at the quarterback position. Now, Justin Fields, as much as people shit on him, also very highly athletic. And I know we didn't get to really see it in full force because we didn't mm-hmm. have an NFL combine the year he came out, right? The whole mm-hmm. COVID year. But this is a dude I think legitimately, if he goes to the combine, probably runs you know low four fours, if not four three, because we've seen it on the field. We saw it last year when him tearing people the fuck up.
2: I had no idea
1: he could run that way
2: to no. to be, and maybe that was on me. But at Ohio State, he never had more than six hundred rushing yards in a season. I think it's right. they didn't need him to run. But I I was mind blown, and like you said, we missed the combine that year, so I was I was just blown away man i i did not think he had that that those wheels the only difference between a rich and justin fields is i
1: watched justin fields sling the fucking football around all over the place like like you said we didn't really know i knew he was athletic but i didn't really know he was that level of an athlete yeah i had no idea we knew him as more of that guy who could distribute the football and get it to his playmakers right chris Olave, garrett wilson those kind of guys Mm -hmm. um and then he comes into the NFL, and it's all of a sudden like he's struggling passing the football, which people knock him for, but I have to remind him, you know, when your top option is Byron fucking Pringle, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're probably going to look shitty throwing the football. <laughs> like, yeah. it just, it's kind of a given. But then we see he's this dynamic athlete who can run the football like crazy. So I want to make the comparison so much, Anthony Richardson and Justin Fields, but I just have a – I have this problem where, like, I never saw I never saw Anthony Richardson throw the football like I saw with Justin Fields. Like, I know he's that super athlete, but I go, shit, I think he can do it. Like, I've seen this hand cannon that he's got, and I saw enough stuff in the preseason. I just feel like if you're going to make me uh, pay top dollar for a quarterback... I almost want to take the easy way out, Seth. I almost want to take the easy way out to go, let me just get the proven one. Like, if I'm going to make this kind of gamble, for me, this has kind of been the the back and forth of the player range. In Superflex Leagues, Anthony Richardson or Deshaun Watson. Like, I'm more willing to take the bet on Deshaun Watson. Ooh, wow. Because I've, I've seen him be QB3. Like, I've seen yeah. him... I've seen him push Patrick Mahomes for, you know, QB1 overall in the dynasty space before. Now, granted, different situation, different team, long before all the allegations, you know, but he's still young. I've seen him do it before. I believe the talent's there. It's just, it's so tough because both of them carry risk but one of them I've actually
2: seen do it. So I always feel like I'm doing a cop-out.
1: <laughs> Doesn't it feel like a little bit of a cop-out well,
2: like, you, it, eh. it does feel like a little bit of a cop-out. And I, th- I think the issue here is, Mike, I have not seen Justin Fields pass well in the NFL. I th- This preseason to me, Anthony Richardson at times was sporadic, but Justin Fields, like even that screen pass to DJ Moore that went for 60 <laughs> yards, terrible flo- thrown ball. Terrible thrown ball. Oh, like, uh, yes. I, the only time I've seen – Justin Fields do it when he's surrounded with a young JSN Garrett Wilson Chris Olave and one of the best offensive line in college football playing against fucking Rutgers and and Northwestern and and that's my issue with Justin Fields that I I I still don't know if he can throw the ball that well and so I'm willing to take it the shot on Richardson like I was hurts because I, I I think Richardson not that Justin Fields doesn't but I think Richardson from everything I've heard has that extra gear of hustle, that extra gear of workmanship and wanting to get better at his craft. Jalen hurts. A lot of people were saying the same thing a couple years ago about him, but, but I, I really believed in his mentality. Not that Justin Fields doesn't have it, but I just think it's, it's a level down from what a rich has from all the reports we're hearing.
0: No,
1: I love that, man. Anytime you throw Jalen hurts into, because at this time last year, not going to lie. Hand to God. I'm probably the biggest, like Jalen hurts hater. Oh, Man, I'm the no. biggest guy going. And I'm an Eagles fan. I'm an Eagles fan, oh. Seth. This is where it was coming That's from. That's a
2: common Eagles fan
1: thing to do. It, it was. Yes, very common for me, but I, I just hadn't seen it, right? Like, we had this problem where he couldn't throw it to his left. He looked sporadic. Yes. I, I get the fact that he was this great leader. And, like, I, I rooted for the kid. But I'm like, people are just bestowing upon him that he is this this next coming of great thing at quarterback. And I just don't see it yet. Like I'm just like, hey, pump the brakes. If I'm in Dynasty, like sell for any two firsts that you get. And now here I am a year later, and I've made a public apology to Jalen Hurts. (laughs) And I got a Jalen Hurts jersey and I'm all in. And I'm like, this dude is so awesome. This I'm so sorry, Jalen. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I tell you. But this is one of the things. Like when we talk about it. Listen, I love Justin Fields to death, but you're a thousand percent right. Like the things you were hearing about Jalen Hurts as far as leadership and work ethic. I haven't heard that about Justin Fields, and I'm probably the biggest Justin Fields supporter that you're going to find. I'm not a Bears fan, but I love Justin Fields. I've been defending him for two years, but people want to make these comps they're very different in this aspect right Mm -hmm. everything you heard last year i'm like ah the leadership thing don't matter (laughs) the fact that he's driven and he you know he can squat 600 pounds no one gives a shit (laughs) Like, can you throw the football (laughs) and uh here i am eating egg on the face apparently those things do matter and i haven't heard those about uh justin fields yet so it'll be interesting to see whether i'm right or wrong on justin fields but we're going to find out one way or another. He has no excuses this year with DJ Moore, a guy that I've loved for years and years and years. And I'm expecting big things. But but Seth, if if big things don't come this year, it's like, my
2: bad. <laughs> kind of like Jalen Hurst last year. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> I missed on this one. I think I, – I do think Justin Fields is just a little bit overvalued this year. Like the rushing is going to be there but this is still a team that was the worst team in football. And I think people expecting them to jump up. I think their win total six and a half, maybe seven and a half now. And I just don't see that. Like, like at one point, I don't know if it's flipped yet, but the Packers were six to one at one point, big underdogs to win the division. And the bears were about four to one, three, three and a half to one. And I just thought that was mind blowing to me when the bears are still such an unproven team. And I just don't know. In general, I, I'm not a huge Eberflus guy. I think he's a good coach. I think he's a like he's old school. He, that's an old school guy. But I don't know if the old school, you know, I don't know if that mentality works when you're a guy like Eberflus and haven't done it yet. That that's my like. We've seen all these Bill Belichick disciples: Josh McDaniels, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, try to be someone that that they really aren't. Um, and when you don't have the street cred to go uh, around with it. That's where I worry about Eberflus. I think he could be a little bit more of a a friendlier playing coach. Just some of the stories I've been hearing out there. All right. I'll get you out of here on one thing. One last thing. (laughs) And this is off
1: script, Brad. So just the first, first one that comes to your mind, the first answer that you can get biggest sleeper for you this year everybody always wants these sleepers but the biggest one you can think of like this this has got to be a guy who's double digit rounds and redraft dynasty nobody really gives a shit about Of like who's that guy who's gonna surprise and we're gonna go that's the one that's the one that helped me win
2: this league i hope it's deep enough for you but a guy I have rose on throughout the NFL preseason. I think we might have actually talked to uh, talked about him when you were on the pod a couple weeks ago. Kenneth Gainwell, man. I mean, oh, this is a shit. guy <laughs> getting number one reps with the Eagles. Oh, shit. I'm not a huge Memphis running back, Stan. I, I, you know, I flirted with Antonio Gibson in the past. I, I, I've gone down the Daryl Hendrick. Maybe I am, actually. I, I do like the Memphis guys, but... For a guy who is in a system that he has been in there two years in a row, he was really good in the playoffs, man. He was better in the playoffs and the Super Bowl than Miles Sanders, 100%. And I think when you have familiarity there with with Nick Sirianni, who is just a player's coach through and through, I think that means a lot. And he also is serving in a backfield with two of the most brittle men in the NFL. We've already talked about DeAndre Swift. We'll also add in Rashad Penny, who's played what? 11 12 games in five right. five years like like that's why i think the upside for kenneth gainwell is massive i'm getting him in the 12 13th round a lot of times like it is ridiculous where he's going in drafts for a potential starting running back in the nfl yeah it's going to be a committee but behind the best offensive line in football where oh yeah we just saw miles sanders who i like miles sanders hashtag we are penn state baby but he had nine touchdowns, twelve hundred yards. I think Kenneth Gainwell can push for that. Um, if he gets a little more work here. All right, all right, Seth. I got you here.
1: Because this is gonna be the first and probably only South Harmon spotlight live bet on air. All right. And the stakes are one tall boy Bush Light at the Fantasy Football Expo party on Saturday night, right? At the the stadium where we have it, right? Between you and me. Who you got? Kenneth Gainwell or DeAndre Swift for most total fantasy points. So we're going to factor in injury here. Total fantasy points. Kenneth Gainwell, DeAndre Swift.
2: I'll take Gainwell. I will take Gainwell. Yes, let's go. Let's go. All right, yeah. (laughs) Points per game, maybe not. Maybe it was close. But I will will bet on the fact that history repeats itself here in Philadelphia.
1: Hey, this is why I went with total points. For Alt, your sake, because false. if I want if I want points per game, you know, DeAndre Swift might play like two games, but score
2: you know nineteen fantasy points yes. in both games. And I will also say the stadium at the Fantasy Football Expo does not have Bush Light, unfortunately. <sighs> so let's change it to George's, uh, the, the the bar down the road there. They have Bush Light singles. Uh, so we'll do two 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 Bush Light uh, twelve ounce cans. How's, how's that? I, I got you. We'll lock that in, buddy. <laughs> All right, let's get it, man all right
1: seth this has been
2: incredible i'm so
1: glad to have you on buddy one last time tell the people where they can find you and i'm telling you right now if you've made it this far you like what seth is doing you like what adam and i are doing give him a follow give him a subscribe give him a like on the youtube video check him out i can't stress this enough these guys are absolutely incredible this is adam and i just you know on the east coast west coast wherever <laughs> this is located this is it this is ibt media it's just a, another extension of south harbor these guys are so damn good go check them out i'm big fans
2: mike i i appreciate that man i really do and i i have to say man i love the south harbor content the website everything you guys are doing i hadn't heard of you guys up until like the night or a couple of nights before the expo i'm going through the itinerary i'm checking out like the the booth and I see South Harmon Institute and it wasn't even South Harmon Fancy Football and there's South Harmon Institute of Technology. I said it can't be, it fucking can't be. And I I made sure my girlfriend pointed you guys. I said there's a South Harmon. We said oh I'm fucking walking up to those guys later. now. I because I, I just want to know the story behind it. Like I said, I don't know what the story is, but it's probably incredible. And like the personalities, the the human beings behind it. Totally match it, man. Like your guys's brand is so unique, and I know you said you haven't been doing this like too awful long, but you guys are so good at it. The quality on 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 all your guys's content is top notch, man. And like, thank you. You guys are wicked smart on the camera, and and, and I mean, you got that one guy, I can't remember his name, man, but he's like in the back end, freaking Koopa, yeah. the legend. Yeah, I mean, this is a good. And the stories I heard from some other people at the expo, you guys are a great time. So, I know we're going to hang out more next year at the Expo and, and continue to have you on the podcast and so forth. But, um, appreciate you guys. Um, my name is Seth call You can catch me, uh, on In Between Media at inbetweenmedia.com and, uh, at IBT underscore media on YouTube. You can follow me on Twitter at Between underscore Seth FF. Um, but thank you, Mike. I, r- I really appreciate it, dude. It's been a, gr- a great time here tonight and, uh, appreciate you and everything, uh, the shitheads are getting into over here this season.
1: Oh man, it's thank you so much for coming on, Seth, and I look forward to doing so much more stuff in the future, collaborations. Oh yeah, me, Adam, both of us, we get yeah. everybody on the damn show at some point and yeah. have something awesome. So uh, it's it's been so good meeting you, and 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 like I said, the the expo is such a crazy place where these kind of relationships can form just out of you just walking up to the booth and, you know, talking to Cooper about how awesome awesome of a warp tool that he made. And uh, here we are. Here we are now. All right. That's going to do it for us. Uh, We'll be back here same time, same place next week with a new guest, new one. I have no idea who the hell it's going (laughs) to be, but I'll find somebody. Trust me. (laughs) Thank you so much, Seth. We're out of here. Peace.